This, along with every episode of According to Flint, brought to you by Pendleton Whiskey. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, a whiskey that captures that unique spirit in every bottle. A whiskey made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood glacier water. A whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That is Pendleton Whiskey, and that's true Western tradition. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Since 1973, the art of engraving brings to life the artistry that Montana silversmiths is known for and is fueled by a passion for the Western lifestyle. Montana silversmiths' buckles and jewelry are more than accessories. They are stories, stories of moments and memories shared through the giving, receiving, and earning of Montana silversmiths, buckles, and jewelry. Celebrate what matters with Montana silversmiths. Well, welcome to episode number 67, according to Flint, and happy after several tries with def- technical difficulties <laughs> from in the boondocks of somewhere in Louisiana, two-time world champion, Chris Shivers. I never see you. I stay, I, I stay hidden out these days. I don't travel very far. Was that when you were done, you, was that by design or were you, was it hard to be around bull riding? Did you care about bull riding? Was it, or did you just decide I'm happy at home? Uh, I was happy at home, but I, I still love the sports. You know, that was something that I did for shoot, man. I rode in a PBR for right at 16 years. And I probably rode bulls for 20, 25 years. And uh, something I truly loved, that's what we done on the weekends. That's where we went. That's what we done. And, and, uh, but I was always a firm believer when you're done with something, you're done. You know, you can't go. You can't go back. It's like quit smoking or drinking. You can't have a cigarette every once in a while and have a beer every once in a while if you're going to quit. So I just decided I just decided to stay home. That was that was a place that I needed to be in. And, and uh, so that's what I done. Yeah, you you told me that once. I a matter of fact, since you and I talked. Um, some there's been people asking me about. Um you know, are you going to go do one here once in a while and uh, go do a rodeo? And, and I told him, Chris Shivers told me it's like <laughs> smoking. You can't just have a cigarette once in a while. That's right. you, it was when you left, you probably of the people I've seen retire your, and it surprised me because I didn't, I've always known you, but not real well. Yours was probably the most emotional retirement I saw of anybody. Emotion from you. Yeah. It, it, that's kind of you, isn't it? I think so. I've always been, I've always been that guy when things, when things hit my heart, I always choke up and I can't speak. And, uh, I don't know. It, it was, I didn't, I didn't see all the tears and the crying and all that stuff, but you know, there was a couple times that, uh, tears come down my face whenever I was announced at the finals, and that that was that was always a big part of my 
showing up was hearing that crowd holler for you. Mm -hmm. It concerns me. <laughs> it, it, you know, you, you get used to, it becomes so much a part of your life that I oh, do, yeah. I do worry. I'm going to need that more than I think I do. I don't think you will. I mean, I, I was just like that. I felt I had that same feeling and I think, I think, I think maybe, you know, have a, you have another chapter that, that, that you're going to, that you're going to go into and it's just, it's going to, it's going to, everything's going to fall into place. I think that's the way it did with me. Uh, it's not so bad at home. Uh, I enjoyed the traveling and I enjoyed the road. I don't want to say I enjoyed the traveling because I really didn't like the going and getting on an airplane every weekend and, and going to a different city. If I could, if I could get on the bulls in my backyard, I would have probably rode maybe five more years. You know, I enjoyed the winning and I enjoyed the, the fans and the people that I got to meet throughout the years, I enjoyed being around those, those group of people. Uh, but the, the, the traveling and the, you know, the kids at home and that lifestyle, it's just two different lifestyles. And it just, uh, it was time to stay home. So. Yeah. If I, a lot of days I wish I could just snap my fingers and be there <laughs> and then I'm good with it. Yep. I, I think, I don't know. It's a good topic because I can relate right now, but um, it's people don't understand the locker room, the quote unquote locker room, whether it's a literally a locker room or that atmosphere, whether it's the hotel lobby there, those people become more your family than your family at times. You see them more, don't you? It sure is. It's a family away from home and you see, and you get the experience. It's, you know, it's, it's like a brotherhood. It's like the Navy SEALs. You know, they get to see so much stuff together and do so many things that sometimes, sometimes it's close calls and sometimes it's, 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 it's real fun stuff. But you just, you, you really, you really have a bond out there that, that, that never leaves you. Yeah. Uh, something you said made me just think I've, I have a lot of people coming up to me saying, oh my God, are you excited? Are you excited to, and I think I've had like the greatest job in the world for 25 years. I'm not sure. I mean, you're curious, you're ready for something different. I don't know that excited is the right word. Yeah. You know, I, I, I heard something the other day, I think maybe Ross Coleman said on one of those on the, on the, on the Facebook or something that, that he told those guys, you know, this will be the best job that you ever have. And that's exactly right. There is no better job than what's going on at that moment. You know, you, you, you're living a dream and you're getting to do exactly what you want to do. And you're getting paid for it, making a great living. And I think I think these those young guys need to cherish that moment because one day it won't be there. Well, remember, remember Kelly Armstrong. Do you remember I Kelly did. Armstrong? A Canadian bull rider. And I love that it been good friends forever. And I, I don't know why I remember that he said this, but when he quit riding bulls, he said, Blynn, I discovered something in the real working man's world. It's way harder to make $10,000. Right. <laughs> He'd go someplace and ride and know he was going to win 10 grand here and there. That's a reality that hits guys in the face. Doesn't it? You bet. You bet. That's where I'm at today. <laughs> I'll send you 10 grand. There you go. 
<laughs> but we have, yeah, we have it pretty good. And I try to remind myself that when it gets hectic this week, as we do this, it's been a hectic week, hometown PBR. And I rub my head and then I go, man, I'm not curing cancer, digging ditches or whatever. Speaking of digging ditches, what is it? What is your business now? What are you doing? Well, the Leals in Lockney, Texas, you know, I started, they hired me to go to a bull riding in Ogden, Utah one time. They put my name on the event and uh, me and Bran, my youngest boy, we flew out there and we got to meet them and, you know, we did the event and, and uh, several months later they called me and they said, you know, won't you, won't you come up here? We got a such and such going on. We got a burr fire. They called it. They, they, they have a trucking business where they sell burrs and they had a fire and I went up and I seen what they done and I just kind of fell into place. Cause that's some of the same stuff that I do at home, you know? So, and then not long after that, I bought a truck and I went up there and worked with them for them. And then I moved back home after that and I had to have another truck. And so I'm in the trucking business and now I got trucks, I got track hose, I got mulchers, dozers. So I got a kind of a, a variety of whatever you might need. We just, we stay busy. We've been mulching trees all week and uh, we do dirt work. I got a dirt pit here at home. We sell dirt. We just do about whatever, just whatever makes it all. Huh. Um, what about, do your boys help you? Are they interested in that? Well, yes and no. They do, uh, they do stuff around the place. We also got, we got about 150 mama cows. So we have stuff to do there too. Then they, they don't get involved in the trucks or the mulching and stuff like that. I got one in college. He's been there for two years. And then the other one's 15 and he's in the middle of basketball and baseball. So it's not really a whole lot of time and to do stuff like that. So. They, and uh, while we were getting logged on the star of what we were doing here, in the camera was your little girl. Oh yeah. She's like five years old. She's, She's five, five, 15 and 20. We, uh, we got them spread it apart. I think my wife's plan was to never have an empty nest. And it has been, uh, it's, it's been pretty interesting around for the last five years that I don't know exactly what you call her, but she's a ball of energy and she never stops from the time she gets up in the morning to the time she goes to bed, her mouth never stops moving. She's always got something to say. And it's, it's, it's been, it's been pretty entertaining. I, I joked one time and asked if she was an accident and you said, she's <laughs> the only one that wasn't. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> a true story. <laughs> uh, so tell me also, and then we'll get to some other stuff. Um, you guys go do some, no other way to put it. You do some extreme cowboy shit out in the swamps in Louisiana. Don't yeah. you cow catching and bull catching? We do. Uh, we've been going down there for several years now and we go sleep on those islands. You got to go across and get on the islands on a barge and they got some, they got some pretty good bulls over there, like big ranchy bulls that, that, they don't really get to see anybody for just people in a boat. You know, that's the only people that they ever see. And 
and they're on these little small islands and they'll swim across to the next island so it's uh it's pretty tough to uh to catch those things and get them get them get them on a boat and get them back across but we've been going down there probably for i don't know 15 20 years now and and uh working for this guy's name was philip sims and uh we uh, we go, we sleep on the ground, we cook. J.W. Hart, he comes with me. He brings mm-hmm. the game, all of his guys, and it's real fun. I mean, it's it's pretty much pretty much our vacation for the for the for the year. It's kind of a a guy's week out. So we're we're dog tired when we get when we get done, but but it's 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 always a blast. What happens to the bulls? They what? they take them across and sell them. We load them on a barge. Uh, we just went down there probably two weeks ago, and and. Uh, we caught 26 head out of there and they'll, they'll ship them to the sale barn and uh, sell them that for, for the, for the, uh, Mr. Phil, Mr. Phillips wife. I just, I, I made a note of that because I was talking to J dub not very long ago and he was talking about being down there yeah, and telling stories about it. And some of my friends I hang out with say, man, I'd love to go do that. And I stand in the back and say, there is not one part of me That's that right. thinks I would be comfortable. <laughs> I'm day just three, I'm not near as excited about it either. Not anymore. Used to, man, I couldn't wait to get on that boat. And it was just, it was the greatest thing in the world. But now it's, uh, and I'm like that today. But after day three, I'm, I'm done. I'm had enough of it for a little <laughs> while. Um, I remember when you, we, you and I, kind of came onto the scene in the PBR. And I never realized that until I got to thinking about it about the same time. 97. Yeah. I, my first 90. world finals was 97. Cause I remember Michael Gaffney was the world champ. That's right. So we, I know myself, the way I grew up when I stepped into the PBR and there's Jim Sharp, tough Hedeman, Ty Murray, Cody Lambert, I yeah. was like this. Were you like that, or were you? T- I w- you were a little younger than me. Oh, but yeah. Were you pretty wide-eyed? I was just like every kid today that goes and sees the guys that he looked up to, or the guys that he watched on TV. You know, probably the '95 is when I really started paying attention to things. '95, six, seven at the NFR because the PBR was wasn't there yet. But you know, I watched guys. You know, Ty Murray, Tuff Edelman, Jim Sharp, Daryl Mills, mm-hmm. Jerome Davis. And I got to go to a few of those touring pros. Uh, I remember the first, I believe it was the first, Uvalde, Texas was the first PBR I ever went to. And I had an opportunity, I rode this Longhorn in the, in the, in the long round. It just kind of spun in the gate, it was real fun. And then I drew a bull called Tough Enough of Jerry Nelson's, which was a really he was a bull that had been around a while and he was, he was pretty bucky and I almost rode him. And I remember, I think it was Jerome Davis was there. And, uh, he said something that was pretty cool to me that I don't remember what he said, but he talked to me. So that was a highlight of my, my whole event, you know? And, uh, uh, but no, I looked up to all those guys and, and still do today. Uh, even now. Yeah. Cause I mean, we look at you now. What are you, 40? How old are you? Yeah, we're 10 years, basically 10 years apart. Yeah. Um, 
was there a guy in particular that you looked at and said, that's my guy. That's I want, I ride like him. He's got a good style. Or did you just kind of take it all in and do your own deal? Yes. And no, Oh, uh, Bubba Dunn. He was always a guy that I got to see coming up through Louisiana and he was probably one of the most exciting guys to watch ride a bull. He looked good. He, he, he moved, he hustled, he done all the things that I wanted to do. Uh, so I, I watched him a lot, but there's also guys that I like some of the things they, they would do. And then some of the things that they didn't do, I, I, I didn't care for. So I didn't, but I always, I remember, I remember getting on some bulls, you know, in the turn pros when I was, I was really, I felt like I was really riding good and I was comfortable and I could, you know, I knew where everything was on my body and I knew how to move this. And I remember, you know, I'm going to try to throw my arm like Ty Murray does, or you know, do my arm straight like Tuff Edelman or, you know, do, do this or that. And, and it was just, it was, it was, I don't know, it was a time in my career where I was comfortable where I could do things like that or move your feet like Bubba Dunk, you know, just, it was just that time was things where my mechanical was right. So uh, there's, there's so many guys that people forget about when people are talking about the great PBR riders, you can list the names that are going to come up, you know, mm-hmm. but we know being around for that long. I remember Bubba Dunn. He was, you just never knew. Yeah, that's right. When he got on something rank and so he just had a style, he was cool. Yeah, but he's not he often brought up. Be there. When he wanted to be there and was having fun, there was nobody. He he was one of the best, but he sure liked it at home. He liked to be at home. <laughs> you know, he's he was, you know, I don't know, maybe two people. He was one of the only ones that ever ride Bodacious, but he rode him twice. Hmm. In Lufkin, Texas. What a, speaking of Bodacious, people still. You know, PBR, <laughs> social media throws things out. Who's the greatest PBR bull? People to this day, because he was on buckles and T-shirts. Bodacious. What it would be comparing Bodacious to what you see now? How would you describe Bodacious? That would be hard. Uh, Bodacious, he was just an eliminator. He wasn't a bull that you wanted to get on. Uh, I mean, nobody rode him hardly. Uh, I don't know how I was explaining from Bulls today to what he was. Uh, he wasn't all that great. Like, I tell people that. Like, he, he was, he, do you think he knew what he was doing? I do. Being dirty? I do. Towards the end, I think he knew what he was doing. Them Bulls are smart. They know. Uh, the way he was doing it, he he had a knack that he could jerk you down, get them on their head. I don't know. Uh, people ask me all the time, what was the best bull ride you ever made? What was the best bull? And that's hard to explain, too. Uh, little Yellow Jacket, I think he was smart like that. Mm-hmm. I think he knew uh, where you was at on his back and how to finagle it around to get you off. It, it, okay. When people ask you that, you, it's hard to explain. Not necessarily, I, I'm not going to go with what's the best bull ride you ever made. What I think that's asked a lot. But when you think of your career, 
when you think of that first thing, are there a couple that stand out for certain reasons? Not necessarily the greatest or whatever. Are there a couple? One bull riding stands out. 1999, I think it was the second round, the third round. I rode trick or treat. And I was 96 and a half. And that split first. I think Mike White was 91 on Sket Cat. And he was 10th. Uh-huh. That was one of the rankest nights that I've that I can ever remember, you know, as a total, as a whole. Yeah. Ty Murray Road, Red Wolf, Terry Don West Road, Promised Land. Uh, it was just a, that was the greatest night of bull riding that I can ever remember. Do you know that that was the first year of the world finals was at Thomas and Macarena. And between 1997 and right now, that's the one world finals I didn't go to. Really? Yeah. I had, I don't know if you remember, remember Bill Selman, the Bud Light guy? Yeah, I do. And he and I got along personally, but he didn't like the position. He, he wanted to sell just bull riding. So I did like three regular season PBR events is all. And so I booked a rodeo and I'll never forget Forget Man. Jerome Robinson came to me in August and said, you good to go for the PBR finals? I stuck to my contract in Man. Central Point, Oregon. And uh, that's the one year I missed. That's the only one. Mm-hmm. From since 97. Yeah. No wonder my knees hurt. Huh? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's hard to describe. I've been asked in interviews. Do you remember when Chris Shivers came around? You know, this young kid, it's been done on video. I'm not kidding, man. You look 12 years old. <laughs> I was 18, but I was, uh, I always look young. You still look young. Not really. I don't feel young anymore. I got the grays coming. Look at Kinda that. Like you. I I've got my hair though. I got my hair. Um, but you weren't, what, what were your specs when you came in? Five, six, one. What was your height and weight that first year? Do you remember? I got to be five, four first. <laughs> uh, now I think five, four, I'm going to stick with five, five, maybe, but 135, probably. 140. You, you know, when you were small, but I remember when Brian Cantor came along oh, and I said, man, he's tiny. And people said, Chris Shivers was small. That, no, you my weighed one thirty, one forty. My frame was a little bigger. Yeah, yeah. He was. He's just. He was real. He was real, real, real petite. Jess Lockwood, same thing. Yeah. Uh, you, the way being short isn't as critical as having a little something here. These bulls will beat you up. They'll break you in half. When Jess Lockwood was junior in high school he was rodeoing with my girls up here and parents came to me and said, he's your next world champ PBR. I said, he's got to grow six inches and gain 25 pounds because he was freaking tiny. Yeah. And he grew five inches, gained 25 pounds. That's Brian Canner. His body couldn't hold up. Yeah. Yeah. He was always getting hurt. Something coming loose. <laughs> coming loose. I like that. Shoulders, knees. 
JB Mooney says that's the greatest bull rider he's ever seen in person. Was Brian? That's Cameron. what I heard. I've seen him make some good rides, but like you say, he, he you got to stay healthy. That's a that's a that that's part of the game too. Yeah, that's sometimes that's the hardest part. Um, take me through the process. Randy Bernard came up with more damn ideas, like how to sell the sport. They weren't all good. They weren't all good, but he had some ideas. But the whole little yellow jacket match for a million dollars at Colorado Springs. I wasn't there either, by the way. You wouldn't. Uh, it, was, it was summer, wasn't it? Wasn't it in the summer? When was it? I think. Anyway, what was the process of that? Like, how'd that come about? And how did you get picked? And how did it come about? Well, I didn't actually get picked. There was a you had to win in Anaheim, California. The guy that won the event, if I'm not mistaken, I may be wrong about if you had to win the event. Somehow or another, I won the chance to get on ugly. And either if I rode him, I got a chance for the million. And if I didn't ride him, I think it was either 100 or 300,000, something like that. And I rode ugly in Anaheim, California and got the chance at the million. I, I watched that the other day. I remember watching it on TV. I was somewhere where I could watch it on TV. Uh, were you feeling the pressure or what, or was it not much to lose there? <laughs> oh, that was, that was, uh, that would have probably been hard for me to ride anything at that moment. Uh, I was so tense and, you know, I went from, I went from the East Coast to the West Coast all week long doing different, from New York to L.A., doing different radios and TVs and, you know, promoting, promoting the match. I had done built it up in my brain so much that, I don't know, I was, when you just get on and you're loose and you're having fun and things are just working, just flowing, but I was so tensed up that I wanted it so bad that that that's not when it works the best. So I think that was the, the pressure and the, and the, you know, nobody and nobody had ever had a chance at a million dollars to ride one bull, one chance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Did you, were you more tense and wanted to ride him because you wanted to ride him or did a million dollars mean that much to you? Oh, no, I didn't care about riding him. I just wanted the million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's good. Somebody's honest about that. <laughs> you know, I got on that bull, I think, about five times. And I almost rode him in Bismarck, North Dakota one night at one of Chad Burger's events. He always has up there. Mm -hmm. I mean, right to the whistle. But other than that, I never had much luck on that bull. I don't know, I don't know what the deal was. Uh, I seen some guys ride him that, that made him look, you know, pretty comfortable, but. I never did. I would say Michael Gaffney in Nampa, Idaho, Little Yellow Jacket was pretty good. They I'll marked him. Else. Corey McFadden wrote him, always wrote him dead easy. He wrote him twice that I know of, I believe twice. I remember Corey McFadden riding him. Yeah. Corey McFadden rode some other rank bulls too. He could. He, he could really. really ride. Wasn't he missing an ear or something? I think, he, I think so. I think he got it stomped off or something. It's kind of shit I remember. She ever. 
Hey, I watched that though. Not long ago. I went on YouTube uh, when I knew I was going to talk to you and watch that million dollar match. He had a pretty good day. A little yellow jacket. Yeah. I could always make him look right. <laughs> uh, you do come up in the conversation about uh, guys who make bulls look better. Not because you buck off of them, but because there's a list of people, but Chris Shivers, uh, JB Mooney, Jess Lockwood, there's a way it's a judged event. You can make them look better. Can't you? That's right. That's part of the, that's part of winning. You know, everybody says, uh, you know, oh, you make him look better. You got some extra points by that ride. Well, that's, that's fine. That's what I intended to do. So, I mean, that's just part of the game. That's, uh, that's part of winning. You know, there was always some that was uh, probably more points than what they should have been. I'm sure there was. Uh, but I didn't write them down. <laughs> so. <laughs> Gymnastics is the same way. It's yeah. a judged event. It's not a timed event. If you have more style, more control, makeable look better, you get more points. That's right. Um, I remember Silvano Alves in his real prime people would complain that he didn't mark as high bulls did not perform underneath him. Like they did you or JB Mooney. That was a fact. Yeah. Well, I believe that Savano, he was in it for the average and he always sat in one spot, made minimal moves, didn't show a lot of action, but he rode a lot of bulls. He rode yeah. a lot of bulls. That yeah. He, his strategy. It worked for him. It, like everybody says, he, he's the only rider in PBR history that they changed rules because of him. What was the rule? I remember that. What was it? It had to it do with rerides and something. Oh. I, uh, the clock came into play, yeah. you know, being on the clock in the shoot. Um, there was different things. And I like Silvano. I like Silvano yeah. more now. Than I did when it was he and JB battling. Yeah. I think he's way more fun now. <laughs> he's Shiv. Let me tell you something. That guy has made a living out of pretending to not speak English. Okay. I thought he couldn't because I've never heard him say a word. I don't know him. So. Oh yeah. He's fine. <laughs> he, he can, he's, he can speak English. Shit. Yeah. I can speak English pretty yeah. well, but, but he's been here a while now. Yeah. Uh, like me, <laughs> he probably speaks better <laughs> English than you. Hey, those guys, when we started though, it was easy to know the Brazilian guys. Cause there was like three of them, you know, there was Adriano and Paulo came over and Edgene. There's some, a lot of people think it's not good for PBR. I will say it's a U.S. tour. So it would behoove us to have more American riders in there, but there's an easy solution to that. Just beat them. That's right. Did you, were you around many of those guys? What was your take? I enjoyed watching them. You know, Adriano, I watched him on, you know, throughout my whole career. When Glaramy came around, he was my favorite. I always liked Glaramy. He's a, he's a good guy. And Ed and I, I liked Ed and I. Which I liked them all, but I mean, there was there was ones I communicated with, and 
and kind of traveled with just a little bit here and there. Uh, my hat was always off to them. I, I think they did a great job. And, and I don't think anybody ought to have any complaints because they're just riding better than everybody else. That's, that's, that's the whole deal. Adriano told me one time, the reason is they, they don't have a plan B. Like yeah. You and me living here, growing up here, we know we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever we do, we're fine. He said, they give up everything, come over here, and there is no other option. That's so, right. and they, they're together. It's like traveling partners. They got a lot going. I think that's why I respect what they do more yeah. than anything. Your kids, like Brand, Brand said he ropes some. Yeah, he does. Did they ever want to be bull riders? They did. They, they played with the mini for a while. We go to the events, but we don't bull ride at home. You know, we don't. That ain't what we, I don't know. That ain't what we talk about. That ain't what we do. And I don't know. I think that played a big, played a big part in, you know, they're, they're, they're riding, you know, but, uh, Brand, he didn't start roping until Chile was probably 18 and Blaine, he still don't rope. We do quite a bit of roping here, but, uh, I don't know, maybe, and it didn't bother me that they they chose not to ride the bulls because I tell you, it was worse. When I knew they had to get on the mini bulls and, and the older, you know, division, the senior division, it would just, I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> I don't know why, but I was. We kind of did the opposite. Like I was a sports guy and mm-hmm. my girls, I had one that was a track star, but they didn't play basketball. They did. And they went it and they're big in rodeo. That's all they've done. You're big in bull riding. Your kids have been in sports. I don't know how your kid is six, two. I don't have any idea. (laughs) My breeding program worked. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It's from the mom. Even that's right. Cows, horses. It's always the mom. All the good traits. I agree. I don't know. I don't, I think. If people have good careers, I have a good friend that played in the NFL. His kid never played football because the dad didn't care. He had his own. He didn't have to live vicariously through someone. You see a lot of dads. My kid's going to be a great bull rider because he sucked at it. The dad, right? You see that a lot. It's annoying. You see that a lot. I have parents come up to me all the time. Oh my God, come and meet my kid. He wants to be a bull rider. Like I'm going to do a cheer for him. Like <laughs> I don't, I never know what to say. I always say, get him some golf clubs, basketball shoes, yeah. give him a chance. Steer him in a different direction. Yeah. Um, they've, they've never been stomped in the back of the head either. No. <laughs> uh, recently, as we record this in the last four PBR events in the last four short rounds, they've ridden one bull. I don't think that's good for us. I don't think it's good for the sport. And the, those short round bulls, I've never seen anything like it. It's getting to the point guys are getting hurt more than they're riding. I don't think that's good. I don't think it's good for that sport either. Uh, I, I go to some, 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 bull ridings around not too far away from my house and you know those people the bulls aren't as rank and 
when those guys ride at four or five ride, man, the crowd is just so happy. But if nobody rides, it's just it's not it's not good for the for the show. So I don't. But what do you do? You know, you got you're out breeding your your bull riders, or what do you do about it? That's the big question. What do you do? We have, these bulls are. I mean, they're breed, they're out breeding the cowboys, like you said. Do you con- make a conscious decision to spread out those rank ones at different events and make the long round a little easier? I mean, even in the last five years. Here's what I think you do. Okay. I think you put in there and all those rank ones, spot them out through your long round and, and long rounds, and then you put a nice, good short round because that's what people remember, the short round. That's a good point. Because we were Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Nampa, Idaho. We were like one for the first 25 in the long round. I mean, it was and legit bad buckers. I had to work my butt off. Like I was doing everything I could. I was sleight of hand. I was doing the, you know, (laughs) but to it pretty soon, I just backed off because the crowd they didn't pay. They, the sign says bull riding. That's right. And they weren't seeing it and I couldn't yeah. fool them anymore. That's right. I don't know. I've heard that. I, I, like I said, I quit, I quit, I quit, uh, bull riding. I just quit watching and everything. All I get to watch anymore is, uh, uh, cartoons on the TV. Cause that's um, when I come in at night, that's what's on. So I just leave it alone. I was going to ask if you watch when I go for years since my girls were junior high, high school rodeo, and we'd go to amateur rodeos across Montana. And it wasn't even a conscious thing when it got to the bull riding, I'd go with them to the trailer <laughs> and people go, aren't you going to watch the bull ride? <laughs> oh, this seen it. <laughs> last week, last week I watched, J.B. Mooney and Jess Lockwood and, and whatever. I don't want to watch this. That's right. <laughs> we get a little, we've got a little spoiled. We've got spoiled. But we, yeah. what we, you and I got to watch all those years. Oh, yeah. It's hard to beat it, isn't it? It is. It is. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. It's like that. You you do something for so many years, you think that that you would just continue and it would be fine. But I, I don't know. I just got I just, it doesn't bother me like it used to. Like I don't like I don't like like you said. I don't care to watch it anymore. I don't, and I don't know why that is. I could. I'll probably work in the business, like you know, because it's all I've known for yeah. however long. But I think I could do the same. I, I think if I found other things and passions, I don't think it would bother me. I, I, I'll go to my mom and dad's and my mom thinking she's doing something cool, put a rodeo on the cowboy champ. <laughs> and I'll say, can we watch the baseball game? Is so I feel that yeah. I think I'm the same way. Mm. No, I don't know. Good question why that is because we're tired, man. We're grouchy old farts, tired farts. Thanks, Kate. Uh, 
Was there, I didn't, I should have covered this earlier. When you were a kid, you were a high school champ, weren't you? I was. Na- when, yeah. Where was nationals when you went, were in high school? Pueblo, Colorado. Ah, the Pueblo time. I think Shorty Gorham made it in the calf rope and he talked about going to Pueblo, Colorado to the high yeah. school finals. What do you remember about that? I remember the drive up there. We went in a half-ton pickup pulling a pop-up camper. And a buddy of mine from around home, his name was Jody Carter, he went with me. And Colorado was a long, stinking way from Louisiana in a half-ton pickup with a pop-up camper. So we get there, and and I remember seeing all of these horse trailers and all of these kids and and uh, just all of these bulls and cows and horse. we didn't have that in Louisiana. Like the bulls, you know, high school rodeo, we had high school bulls. It's not like today where you Texas and Louisiana is different because they had better bulls in Texas than we had in Louisiana. And when I got there, I remember looking across this pen, it's big old yellow bulls and big old brindles and, and uh, Mark Kane got on this one last last year at the NFR and this and that and it was kind of intimidating. But and and I had that bull, the one that Mark Kane got on and such. A, did you know Mark Kane? Uh huh. Yeah, I know Mark Kane. Yeah. Well, that was that's what I just I just remember kind of being starstruck because I'd never really never really been nowhere at that point. The national high school finals is one of the greatest events, Western sports events I've ever been to. It's a, it's a freaking city. Oh yeah. Yeah. What'd you do? You weren't a national champ, right? No, I fucked off both bulls. I didn't have any luck out there. So somewhere out there, there's some kids going, man, remember back in 96, I kicked Chris Shivers ass at the national (laughs) school. (laughs) Yeah, they're out there. (laughs) <laughs> and it's okay. I, I've been okay. I've lived with it. Yeah, lived without that high school title, <laughs> haven't you? Jess Lockwood. Hey, when Jess Lockwood was a senior in high school, he did not win the state, the Montana State High he School. Kristen uh, O'Neill. I remember. Uh, good kid. But to this day, I contend they got Jess slapping a bull and he didn't slap him. I think it oh, cost really? him. But he's been okay without it. I remember okay. me and Ross Johnson. You remember Ross Johnson? I remember Ross. Well, me and uh me and him battled it out there at the high school finals. Yeah. Um, you wanna know I think what I, I remember? Was first, I think I was the first bull rider north of Alexandria to ever win the bull riding in the high school. In Louisiana. Yeah, Louisiana. Know what I remember about Ross Johnson? Here's a little Ross Johnson story for you. Remember, remember they used to put beer in the locker rooms. You remember? Bud Light. You know, they'd put tubs of Bud Light in the locker rooms. And I remember where we were. We were in Long Island, New York, and it was intermission. And we were headed back to get water, get a drink in the locker room. And the guys who had bucked off already drank all their beer in the rider locker room. And I come around the corner and Ross Johnson has an armful of beer from our locker room. And I said, Hey, and I grabbed him. I said, 
Some of us worked more than 2.8 seconds this week. <laughs> put the damn beer back. And he went and put it back. <laughs> I had him. Somebody uh, probably to go get that. Yeah, somebody <laughs> made him. Uh, so uh, I saw you last year, Fort Worth. Are you? I know you don't watch much. Are you coming out to the world finals? Any of that? Any big 30th anniversary the PBR is doing? Have you been invited to the world finals? How's yeah, that work? I think I got invited, but I hadn't. Uh, I don't think I'll be there. Oh, uh, when is that? May? Yeah, it's May. Middle of May. May. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll be there. I'll be there for the mini bulls. I don't know if I'll go to the to the other. Well, from me but to I you. May. But I may. From me to you, I would like you to be there. Yeah. Well, I it's going to be my last PBR World Finals, and I'd like Chris Shivers to be there. Well, I'm going to check in on it. I hadn't checked in on it. Benji said that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. Do you want me to? Make you a hotel reservation right now? I, or? I got one already. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, well, I appreciate you. Yeah. And I did want to have you because I tell everybody, Chris doesn't, you don't do much of this, do you? No. Because you don't care. You don't. I, I interpret that you don't care if you talk about bull ride. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't get into the talking part of things. I don't know. I just never have. But I'm kind of like Frank Newsom. I when I like. I say a few words. And that's about it. Yeah. I like talking about it with the guys who were there with me. Yeah. And that understand. Yeah. People that don't weren't there, and that's not a being a dick thing. It's not a snobby thing. But like, I can talk to you about it and I enjoy it. Like the Ross Johnson story. Nobody else would get that. Like you get it. <laughs> but with friends, I like the guys in a similar business. There's a reason we hang out with each other. Cause there's a comfort level. There. Yep. Yeah. I miss that part of it. I miss that part. Yep. And so, you know, I was out for, I don't know, a couple years ago, I went to, to Fort Worth where they had the finals and, and I swear, and it's not, I just don't watch it on TV and I wish I did more, but I just don't. And I had to go in sports medicine to find somebody that I knew. And all those guys were there. The, the same guys, little Jimmy, he was there. Yeah. Dave, all the guys, they were still Dave there. and Rich yeah. and Tandy. And yeah. 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 You can walk those halls. I don't, people ask me all the time. What bull riders do you hang out with? <clears throat> like they're my kids age. Why the hell do I want to hang out with them? <laughs> I hang out with announcers and sports medicine guys. Yeah. yeah that's, that's I never right. figured that would happen in 1998 when the things was from 1998 to 2004 in the middle. I never thought that, you know, some things, you know, you never thought it would change, but things do sometimes yeah. for the better. Weird, huh? Yeah, very weird. Let's see. When when was your last world title? Oh three, two thousand three. <clears throat> Were they giving a million dollars away yet? The first year they ever give a million dollars. You still have every dime of it, I'll bet. Almost. So so <laughs> you you've done well saving your money. Yeah, we've done okay. <clears throat> are you 
Are you one of those guys that your friends joke that you have the first dollar you ever made? Are you a tight oh, ass, Chris Shivers? Rich. They, they all, all the people think I'm rich, but yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I got a nice place and I got things that's, that's comfortable, but no, I still have to work like everybody else. People wonder, you know, why are you doing that? You, you've done this, you've done that, but that's, it costs a lot to live, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but I do what I, I do the things that I like to do. Uh, it's not like, it's not like I got a job that I'm hating to go to every day. Um, I do what I want to do. So it's all good. <laughs> well, when we were figuring this out and just so everybody knows the camera, the audio stuff, you don't do any of it. You st- no, sat over in the massage chair. No, not going to do it. <laughs> and don't know nothing about it. That's that, I got a guy right there. Yeah. But when you say you're not rich, I'll know who did it. Your wife and brand and your little girl and Blaine, and they're the ones on the camera. You're pretty yeah. rich with those guys. <laughs> right. That's right. You bet. I got a great family. Everybody's healthy and everybody enjoys what they do. And, and, uh, we all still love each other to death. So it's all good. Yeah. That's what matters. I appreciate the time, man. Hey, Always. man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Hey, I appreciate you.